Jesus. Hey boppers, we're back again. How are you doing? It's me, Eddie French. I'm here with Emma Tidswell. Hello. There she is. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Anthologasm, where we have a look at the wonderful world of 40s, 50s and 60s TV anthologies. And today we're we're basically just going for the big one, aren't we? Yeah, the big old uh, Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone, absolutely. The Sorry, I saw the thunder of the uh, the Twilight. <laughs> absolutely. The uh, yep, the Twilight Zone is the most famous American anthology series, probably. Yeah, probably. Like um, yeah, it's about like because X Files wasn't as such anthology. No, of recurring characters and uh, stuff. What American um, Horror Story? That's one, isn't it? Or yeah, th- that's um. But I suppose the anthology side of it is is the actual series themselves, as opposed to yeah, yeah, the, the episodes, yeah, yeah. So they've got yeah, they're sort of they're an, they're sort of an anthology. The series are an anthology of mm. yeah, different yeah. stories. Cool, oh well, though. that's kind of fun. Um, mm. obviously, Black Mirror is yeah. probably the closest. Although um, Jordan Peele is uh, rebooting, or has he already done it? He's done it already. He's done it. I've not seen any of them. Co- no, neither. He's covered a few of the episodes, like the one the plane. That I've not seen either. <laughs> oh, has he always been remaking rather um, than a few, and then he's done like oh, I think okay, he's fine. Made so there's a own. blend of them. Okay, well yeah. there we are. Mm. We have chosen an episode from the second series. Yeah. This episode was first aired uh, April the twenty eighth, nineteen sixty one. It was directed by Boris Segal or Segal S A G A L. Any relation to Steven Segal? I can only hope. Yeah. Uh, he was from, uh, well, today he would have been from the Ukraine. But, uh, oh, okay. I was going to say I could only hope he was a better man than Stephen, but whatever. <laughs> he might well um. be. Uh, but it was written by Rod Serling. So. Mm. No, you're on to a winner there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this episode is called The Silence. <gasps> it stars uh, François Tone, uh, Liam Sutherland, Jonathan Harris, Civil Delavante, Everett Glass, Felix Locher, and it's it's set mainly in a gentleman's club. Set yeah. exclusively in a gentleman's yeah. club. Now I think about it. So no women present whatsoever, but understandably, as a gentleman's club, that would actually be actually yeah, very very womanless. This mm. episode, yeah, um, reference to woman. Was, oh was yeah, 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 yeah. A woman was referenced, yep. um, but yeah, this isn't why we chose it. We didn't choose it because we're sick of representation. It was just <laughs> we we watched a few today, didn't we? Yeah. That's the great thing. Twilight Zone episodes without adverts are about twenty three minutes, yeah. so, so like, you can breeze through a good few of them in mm-hmm. the space that it takes to watch one slimeball bolorama. Yeah, which and it's a much better use of your time. It really is. So. <laughs> so we watched a few. We watched the Rip Van Winkle caper. We yeah, watched, which was pretty uh, cool. Hundred yards over the rim. Yep. So we've seen we've seen some really good ones yeah. today. But this one, this one sort of really stuck out. Yeah. The others are great. The others are really good yeah. episodes, strong episodes. But mm. I've, I've barely seen any weak episodes. To be fair, no, <laughs> not like, that I've seen everything that I they've done. Think- but there's a few like episodes where I'm just like it, it's usually like either kind of a bit more warrior or like I don't mind the war stuff but um, mm. 
I think I'm more like, oh, the supernatural. And, oh, someone's like a mannequin and they're lost or whatever. Or yeah. I don't know, whatever. No, absolutely. It's but it, it but this one really did sort of blow us away because it is hmm. it is just a talking drama. There's no we'll we'll yeah we'll no bury the lead. There's no supernatural. No, no. There's no horror. there's no psych. Well, there's, it's all psychological. Yeah. There's no there's no um, time travel or anything like that. There's no science fiction at all. Nope. It's pure human drama mm. far-fetched but everything that happens within it yeah. is possible mm. yeah absolutely so, so uh and for all we know with all that money probably is going on yes you know. absolutely it opens up um and because it's uh, the twilight zone there's the opening narration and the closing narration mm -hmm. which i will perform in my best read middling rod serling impression I only know useless impression. You can't go on stage anymore and <laughs> do a Rod Serling. Hey, what would Rod Serling make of this? Um, it's not like Tommy Cooper, is it? It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I went to the Twilight Zone the other day. <laughs> I said, is this of sight or of sound? He said, no, it's of mind. <laughs> uh, it starts off, there's a young man, mm. or a youngish man. He could yeah. be 40, but there's a young, a younger man in a gentleman's club. They're all yeah, they're 60s, all 70s. Old, they're yeah. all very well-to-do mm. men. All and, look kind of similar. And this, and this guy's sort of perched on the arm of a chair. He's smoking a cigarette. He's chatting to them, mm -hmm. talking about exactly what he'd be able to do with a quarter of a million dollar investment yep. and all of this and he's go get che yeah chewing these old blokes ears off and um and I, what is it he's a colonel yes a Cur colonel archie taylor mm. he is sat there just seething sat there with his mate going oh look at that Ugh. guy i hate him uh, I hate him oh, so much. Chatting up the room. Yes, Mr. Tennyson is his name, this young yes. guy, Tennyson. And he's like, oh, I can't bear this bloke. He's such a... Right, I know what to do. And mm -hmm. he writes uh, down a little note and gives it to one of the uh, staff. Yeah. Says, would you give this to Mr. Tennyson and demand that... Um, he read it immediately because it's obviously a love letter. Cause it's secret repressed. Oh yeah, well it looks like it. He's yeah. like right, and and I think he put I D D T on it, which yep. means if destroyed, definitely true. Yep, um, totally. Because <laughs> that's how they do it. Yeah, because that's what happened in the nineties when I was at school. Mm -hmm. um, oh, we had those things where you like fold it and then you pick your fit. Oh, the uh, the color and the number and the all of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always used to go quite bad. I know, we had, it, people just used to write stuff down, such as whoever for someone else, yeah. and then they'd write IDDT under it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And go, if destroyed, definitely true. Yeah. I didn't so. even know what that meant, so this is, this is Oh, new. well, you didn't go to my school. I didn't. Well, so. they still had it, but I just, I was never party to any of those things. Oh, right. So. Oh, you weren't letting on the code. No one, no uh. one like, was feeling it, so I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've got... We've got this uh, opening narration. So, yes. so Tennyson is receiving this note, and mm -hmm. as always happens, is the camera pans across, and Rod Serling is just stood there. Yeah. Just, just. He just I think he's yeah, he's leaning on the back of a chair. Mm. The note this man is carrying across a club room is in the form of a proposed wager, but it's the kind of wager that comes without precedent. It stands alone in the annals of bet-making as the strangest game of chance ever offered by one man to another. 
In just a moment, we'll see the terms of the wager and what young Mr. Tennyson does about it. And in the process, we'll witness all parties spin a wheel of chance in a very bizarre casino called the Twilight Zone. And he says it like that, but he says it like Rod Serling rather than uh, Zap Brannigan on lithium (laughs) or whatever I just did. But that's okay. I mean, like... I would definitely frequent the, the Twilight Zone casino. I don't even like, like, I go to Blackpool and mm. I, I I look at the casino thing and I'm just like, no, I can't deal with it. No. Two peas, oh, fine. Tuppany sliders yeah. all, the, all the way, yeah. Mm. But, yeah. Um, well, I uh, <laughs> I cleaned up on the Tuppany sliders in uh, Saltburn by the Sea the other day. Very good. Two key rings uh, mm. fell as well as all the Tuppanies that I put back in. Yep. And I got enough tickets to win a small superhero notebook that was 10 tickets i mean that's pretty good and then 100 tickets on a what were they air bricks knockoff lego airplane excellent it's pretty great that is all right (coughs) you built it so here's the plot according to wikipedia what sorry say again i said you built it yeah Oh, have I built it yet? Yeah, I built it. Yeah, yeah, I Aww. built it. I, I built it at the cafe. There we go. When we were sat, we were waiting to do our gig, and, oh, yeah. uh, and I was having a cup of tea. And, Lovely. Um, yeah, it was good. Hmm. Uh, the plot, according to Wikipedia. Never trust that. <laughs> this one seems to be written by someone with English as a first language, so it makes it a lot more comfortable to read. So that's handy. Colonel Archie Taylor, a gruff aristocrat, has difficulty enjoying his men's club because of the constant chatter of fellow member Jamie Tennyson. Just as irritating is the content, which usually concludes with a transparent attempt to curry investors. This is all pretty true. In an effort to shut Tennyson up, Taylor proposes a wager. He bets half a million dollars that Tennyson, Tennyson, Tennyson? Tennyson cannot remain silent for one year. If Tennyson accepts the wager, he will be enclosed in the club's game room which, uh, in which a small glass-walled apartment has been erected. There, he will be monitored by microphones so that he cannot speak without detection. Any requests he makes will be made in writing and any member may come to visit him through the glass. Tennyson is offended but agrees, telling fellow... <laughs> How dare you? Yes. Um, Telling fellow club member George Alfred that he deeply loves his wife and needs the money to pay the debts incurred by her exorbitant spending. Mm. Yes. Things we do for love. Mm, He requests... Sorry, there was a lot of... No, it's all right. Um, Don't do that for love. No one will... Oh, don't do that for love. No, 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 no. Oh, gosh, no. He requests that Taylor put a check on deposit in his name. The measure is refused by all in the club as the colonel has a strong standing of honour and credit within the club. My courage against your credit is then accepted by both. Though he'd assumed Tennyson would be successful for only a few weeks, after nine months, Tennyson remains silent. Taylor gets nervous and offers him first $1,000 and then $5,000 to call off his bet. This is just deal or no deal. It really is because... Half a million, yeah, and then he goes, "I'll offer you one thousand dollars for nine months, or half a million for twelve. Mm, the deal is shrewd it's It's absolutely baffling. He begins by suggesting that Tennyson's wife is planning to leave him for another man rather than wait out his year of silence. 
Nasty business. Yeah. Though Tennyson has sent several notes requesting that she visit, his wife has never responded, giving weight to Taylor's insinuations. We never, by the way, this is never worked out. We never work yeah, out. Like, We're never told whether it was true or not. And the thing is, like, so you don't, you basically don't really see him getting visits for anyone. No. But also you don't see them making an active effort of trying to shoo anyone down there either. No, not no, very true. Not even from club. No, no, no one cares. Um, no. Uh, no, or, or we see someone bring him his dinner. Yeah, once. Yeah, once. So we know he ate one dinner. Mm-hmm. And he it had, looked like a soup. So it, I mean, well, mm. it, oh, uh, I don't know. He, he, he had a couple of rounds of toast. Yeah. He had uh, wine. He had a pot of coffee. Actually, yeah. And he had, I saw him with a knife and fork. I think he was eating some sort of, it was a, it was a more substantial than soup. I am mistaken. No, it's, it it's, may have been stew. It may have been stew. It may have been a hearty stew. It could have been a shepherd's pie. It mm. could have been a crab cake. Who knows? Only, only crab Tennyson. cake. More like crab cake. <laughs> so that's that's uh, what Gordon Ramsay has to say every time he eats a crab cake. Otherwise, <laughs> his investors pull out. So now it's a crabby cake. So Tennyson seems gripped by despair at the thought of losing his wife, but nonetheless refuses to call off the bet. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. The last evening of the year, um, not New Year's Eve, just the last evening of the bet year, Alfred tells Taylor his behaviour over the past few months, particularly using Tennyson's wife as a threat, Mm. has severely damaged the club members' esteem for him. So, yeah, so Taylor, the colonel, everyone's going... He's a, I mean, yeah. All right, Tennyson was a bit annoying, but he's proven himself mm. pretty impressive. And this, you, Colonel, of that was low. Yeah, that was pretty unpleasant. And like when he does actually talk, he you just want to show him up, like mm. any opportunity. Yes, well, he because he's he's very yeah. Well, we'll get onto the mm. the individuals uh, in a bit, but yeah. Yes. Um, Tennyson emerges to the congratulations of his fellow club members. If you call one of the most lukewarm rounds of applause I've yeah. ever witnessed, um, congratulations. Anyway, for all they like, for all they cared, he could have just gone home, come back a year later, and they still would have clapped him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, it's like I bet you can't be quiet for a year. It's like it's just what, well, and it's only because the guy was annoyed with it. Like, why don't you just not be here for a year? Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you pay me and I'll pop off? Yeah, exactly. Pay me. I'll go about my business. I'll do my thing. I'll send mm-hmm. a note to the mm. people here who like me. Let yeah. keep them updated. Little little so. postcard of the year's events. Mm. Yeah. So uh, he's getting a round of applause, and he uh, Taylor silently puts his hand out for the money. The embarrassed. Sorry. He no. Tennyson, the silent Tennyson, puts his hand out for the money mm-hmm. and an embarrassed Taylor admits that he lost his fortune a decade ago. He praises Tennyson's resolve and character and then announces his decision to resign from the club. Mm. Everyone's going, well, this is a bit of a rum do. Yeah, yeah. This isn't all right. So what a, what a, what a bad guy. Mm. Oh, we thought higher. Awful, we thought more man. of you, Colonel. Mm. A Colonel of all people. <laughs> A lot of disgruntled faces. Oh yeah, yeah. No That's one's they, no yeah. one's having a nice time. No. So the but distraught it... Tennyson scribbles furiously on a sheet of paper, perplexing the other men who wonder why he doesn't speak aloud. Speak, damn it! You can talk now. Come on, man. 
We no longer need to be silent. Taylor reads the note aloud. <sighs> I knew that I would not be able to keep my part of the bargain, so one year ago I had the nerves to my vocal cords severed. Tennyson, with tears in his eyes, displays the scar on his throat from the operation, which he has concealed for the 12 months under scarves and turtlenecks. Mm, which, he looked delightful. He looked a treat. Oh, yeah, he looked amazing. Yeah. But the the, um. the the despair and the tears, it's... Yeah, it's awful. And it happens so quickly. <laughs> it, and it's like pretty much the last thing you see. Mm. Uh, except for the closing narration, <laughs> yeah. which I will perform for you now. <clears throat> Mr. Jamie Tennyson, who almost won a bet, but who discovered somewhat belatedly that gambling can be a most unproductive pursuit. Even with loaded dice, marked cards, or, as in his case, some severed vocal cords... <laughs> <laughs> For somewhere beyond him, a wheel was turned and his number came up black 13. If you don't believe it, ask the croupier, the very special one who handles roulette in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was sponsored by <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm, Churchill cigarettes. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's the episode. And yeah. it's. One of the bleaker endings. Mm, definitely. It's up there with Time Enough at Last. Yeah, which for, is just devastating. Torturously bleak. <sighs> a Lovecraftian levels yeah. of bleak. Um, I'm in the one with the robot as well on the moon. Um, oh, the robot. Yes, the robot. She's a robot. She is my, She's my wife. wife. She's not your wife. She's a robot. Yeah. She's actually Princess Mombi from Return to Oz. <sighs> She's the real face of Mombi. Really? The actress who plays That's the robot. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. So, yeah, she, she's a robot. Some more reasons to be scared. Oh, yeah. In that episode. Oh, oh actually, quite nice, actually, until the end. Um. Yeah, um, so, yeah, so that was all... Uh, yeah, that was the... Mm. So that was, that was that episode. It, that reveal, the time between him, between Taylor reading it out... Mm. And Tennyson pulling down the scarf, showing this thin scar on his mm -hmm. throat over his Adam's apple. It was quite agonising. It was horrible. It was because, obviously, when you're watching The Twilight Zone, you're yeah. going, there's, mm. so there's twisty, twisty going yeah. on here. We're expecting something. Mm. There wasn't... Until like a few minutes before, there wasn't much expectation than that even yeah. for the scenario. You just it, thought that he had a lot of grit. Yes. I mean, <sighs> it was very possible that he could have... Because the way that he wasn't speaking mm. before we found out, it could well have been one of those things where he's like, I'm proving my point when yeah. I'm not speaking until I've mm. got the money in my hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And so you sort of go, oh, okay, let's... Well, I wondered if it's sort of like a kind of a phantom limb sort of situation where he just, he'd lost his voice for so long that it was quite scary or quite daunting to kind of like oh, pop it out see. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the psychological impact of it or whatever. But, or maybe, you know, maybe he was just like, I don't mind talking, mm. I'm happy. Yeah, oh, yeah, it could have been, you could have had Rod Selling, oh, um, Jamie Tennyson, a man who didn't speak for a year and never spoke again as a result. Yeah. 
$500,000 was exactly the amount of money he needed to spend on vocal therapy to get his voice back. <laughs> <laughs> Something, you know, it's yeah. um, one of those uh, no one comes out any the richer kind no. of story. And in this case, definitely no one comes out. They, they both come out poorer Yeah, it's... because um, the colonel's lost face and mm. Jamie has lost voice yeah because <laughs> it's difficult because normally like there's a clear-cut kind of morality involved and like mm. there's a right that's happened mm. so done like bets get loads of money or whatever and obviously that has got an element but mm. like you said no one's won anything no. and all it's just done is shown that as two people they've made some terrible decisions well yeah um, but tennyson tried to cheat a cheater yeah that's the thing that's the yeah and the other like weird thing is because he kind of reveals that he's got no money, he's been debt, mm. but yet he humiliates in front of the club. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, you got no, so you need to do this." And mm. it, so it's that kind of like. Well, because he starts off talking about how um, Tennyson is a lo low class, low yeah. breeding. He's um, he's like, well, because he, he says some things like he's uncouth, he's ill mannered, yeah. and you go, okay, he's like he's of low breeding. Mm, it's like, yeah, oh, what? okay. I mean, we're getting into measuring skulls now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not brilliant. It's like I understand people getting annoyed by if you if you if you're in one of those clubs and you're there to mm. sit around and smoke expensive cigars and drink expensive brandy and just chat about being an aristocrat mm. with other aristocrats mm. i mean whilst whilst i think there's something fundamentally broken about society yeah, if yeah. that's going it, at, at least their intentions are pretty much innocent yeah Whereas if one of them's just going, I can't believe they let him in. Mm. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him what, <laughs> what a little fucking oik he is mm. by dragging him across the coals. But That's bullshit. If like he's sorry, I wonder if no, he's no, like no. projecting because he's like, well, I'm in a similar situation, but mm. you're kind of like giving it all the talk. Yeah, I'm like a lot more reserved about, it, and he's kind of irritated because he can't like put that bravado on or like. I well, don't I know. think I think it's because, well. Tennyson's asking people for money. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's asking people to invest in and business crude, ideas. And it's, he, but yeah. at the same time, he can't afford to throw in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That. And also, so he would never ask anyone else for money. Yeah. Even if it was in a business. Because setup. he's got his pride. Because he's got his pride. Which he mentions later. Yeah. Because um, I am not going to lie, Tennyson were doing a lot of chat. And I was like, I don't really know what you're on about, for, he, pal. He was he was sort of a bit like uh, an upper class white boy, mm. and like because he, he was saying like <laughs> you wouldn't believe what I'd be able to do if you gave mm. me if I had a quarter of a million dollars you mm. would see and he's like chatting up three old blokes and it's yeah, like yeah. they're probably good for a quarter of a mil <laughs> between the three of them and mm. he's yeah he's he's out yeah, yeah. he's he's basically trying to do a little Kickstarter, mm. a 1962 <laughs> equivalent of a Kickstarter, yeah. uh, 1961 even and um. And so he's out there mm. going, oh, pledge this amount and, yep. you know, you'll totally get about the shipping. You'll, you'll get a badge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> international shipping charge, $10. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, and I'll, I'll just, you know, he's going to post a video for for Kickstarter backers, you mm. know, to show the production of it and stuff. Totally. But. And this guy's going, it's just e-begging. It's oh. not. It's buying a product that's yet to be manufactured. <laughs> no, it's e-begging. Oh. Um, so. I think I was just too captivated by his like disdain about it all because he was just all the eye rolling. Everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this, uh, this, um, 
the actor playing, yes, Franchotone. F R A N C H O T and then Tone. X B L D Yes. That's his name. Yep. Um oh he was in uh oh he he got Oscar nomination for um uh midshipman Roger Bam Bam on Bam. Mutiny, Mutiny on the Bounty. Mm. Uh, which is pretty great. Um Ooh. Uh Tone was a leading man in the 30s and early 40s. At the height of his career, was known for his gentlemanly, sophisticated roles, with supporting roles by the 1950s. His acting crossed many genres, including pre-code romantic leads Ooh. to noir-layered roles and many First World War films. Uh, and he appeared as a guest star in several Golden Age TV series, including The Twilight Zone nice. and The Alfred Hitchcock Hour. So, I tell you what, he had no sophistication in that. No. Oh no! Uh, he was he was married to Joan Crawford. Oh, which is funny because we thought uh, we yeah we uh, uh, in John 30, Crawford yeah 30, <laughs> yeah there was someone called John Crawford and you went John Crawford oh John yeah uh, <laughs> yes well he was married to her between 1935 and 1939 oh, very nice. and after that he was married to Jean Wallace Barbara Payton and Dolores Dawn because what he did you see is um he just had a marriage each year because yeah that's that's how he liked it yeah why yeah. not. Why not, indeed? Um, wow. There's he no judgment there. Do you want films with Joan Crawford? Did he? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, decent enough marriage. Just with some. Well, yeah. I mean, they got divorced, but it's not so. Oh, he was a chain smoker. Good man. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Obviously, it's bad to smoke, but. But if you're gonna do it, you might as well go full on. Oh yeah, but if if you've ever quit smoking, as 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 I have on several occasions, you'll know just how great it is I've but anyway only ever had a cigarette when i'm drunk and then i kind of keep smoking and going this is terrible this is the worst thing ever in a very dramatic fashion <laughs> no. last time in a bar no barn bar but at some place the last time was in a bar wow that's that's a while ago then yeah because they don't allow smoking in bars anymore. They don't. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and another time, me, me and some friends climbed in a barn. And I think we did smoke. Oh, yeah. So, enough. you know, bar in barns. Wherever you want to do it. Just be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not uh, near the hair bills. Be, I was going to say, being more careful. Well, legally be careful yeah. in both. But yeah. physically be careful in... I when, I when I moved back from living in Spain, I was in a pub with my friends. And uh, as is what happens when you are all smokers of uh, of self-rolled, mm. someone pulls out their fixings and starts to make a cigarette and automatically everybody else starts going, all right, we're off outside when we get these pints in. Nice. But I'd only been living in the UK for about four days, mm. maybe even fewer. Mm. So I made mine, mm -hmm. immediately popped it in my mouth, yep. lit it, took a big drag. No one noticed, except for a, a guy at the bar went, not supposed to do that in here, mate. <laughs> so I've got a lung full. I'm like, oh, shit. And so I I sort of point at the drinks and go, <laughs> "Get my, bring my pint out and run outside. And then all of a sudden, the um, no one else noticed, uh. but all of a sudden, the smoking area just filled up with people going, do you know what? I do, I do fancy one now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> uh, I was the only person to smoke in that pub, yeah. See, in that scenario, what you could have done is got your uh, breath full of drag and just kind of blew it into your pint because it would probably would have accentuated the flavour of oh, Well, yeah, I suppose. Um, but it was a full pint. Uh, so I'd have just... So it's... It would have, yeah. It would have been rubbish. Yeah. See, I used to, because um, my friends would go out and have a ciggy, I used to take sweets with me and eat sweets while they had sex. Nice. It works well. Although I realised that the rate that I ate sweeties was not enough. To anyway, but it was fine. So if you uh, don't want to smoke, top tip there. Top tip, take sweets. Tiddles tips. It's uh, it's very easy to put on weight when you stop smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yes. That's just excuses I'm coming out with. So yeah. So this episode is kind of great there's mm. a big long there's sort of uh, the, it's very odd with um colonel taylor yeah because he says when the guy when tennyson says well how would you know that i wasn't talking yeah. he goes simple we'd build you in we'd build you a um <laughs> a, a living uh a living room and a bedroom yeah in the game room downstairs. Mm. I've already looked into it and made the arrangements. Which? I could have it done by tomorrow <laughs> evening. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know a lot about building or house extensions, but no, I no. certainly imagine that, that is not something you could just knock up. Well, Although it did look a bit stepped on, son. It was a cent, yeah. Mm. Essentially, it was a greenhouse. Yeah. Like, I mean, it had the same floor as the mm. thing. It was basically, it was a bit like Magneto's cell. Yeah. In X-Men, mm. uh, in the first couple of films, mm-hmm. but obviously not a million miles away from yeah. everywhere, and metal was allowed. Yes. But he had a he had a television set, he had a yeah. radio, he had a, a reasonable library yeah. of books. He had um, sofas. materials. Yeah, yeah, he had uh, he had no uh, toilet the, or shower room. No, not shower, I don't but know but whether I... he was. I don't know whether he was escorted or or what. I don't mm, know. Potentially, but, but then do they? How do they? Do they put microphones everywhere? I assume so. Well, yeah. just in but case, I just mean in all of the... Just in case he started singing in the shower. Yeah. I'm singing in the park. <laughs> do, do. Um, yeah. Unless you're yeah. just singing. Gonna sit in the toilet and do my stuff. Oh, yeah. Morning to me is great. But, um, and I go, I believe you've lost the wager. I go, damn my lavatory songs. <laughs> um, it's the only way I can concentrate. Yeah. Him. I get shy otherwise. Uh, so there's this. So you see these two blokes. Yeah. Um, who have just put up this like, greenhouse? Yeah. Essentially, like, can, so a, flat, a flat roof greenhouse. Um, Lots of windows. It, it's like you know we talked about thirteen ghosts. It's 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 just that. It's it's such a basic version of thirteen ghosts. Yeah. It's the version of thirteen ghosts you'd end up buying from Wish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, it's that's, fine because I paid two pounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was ninety-seven pound shipping, but yeah. it was two pounds. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, that sort of thing. And, and and he seems all right in it, and yeah. he's and he's got a little calendar he's mm. marking off, and Taylor <sighs> just keeps on turning up and going, "Hello, How can talk, I <laughs> talk." Yep. Why don't you talk? <laughs> Very well. I am impressed. Mm. And then he trots off and comes back again. And there's yeah, there's this there's the um 
the sort of the waiter guy who brings yeah. him his dindins and yeah. and there's all all of that good stuff. Mm. And he's he actually right because I was thinking this is quite a nice scenario because I'm quite a quiet person, so I would lap it up. Free food, free board. Mm. Presumably, you can wee somewhere. That's all you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, to be honest, there, there was a, a silver cloche of yeah. the food, so yeah. you could upside that. Oh, that's true, and just have a potty sitch. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then, and then empty it. Mm? Get them to bring some water, and then you could just give yourself a quick splash. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, nice. Um, but uh, but it, they said that you know mm. whatever you want, all of your yeah. wounds will be catered for. Which uh, again, submit Ooh. them in writing. So yes, like, <laughs> okay. Um, and I mean, if you send that to council, mm. maybe scary weeks for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, you sort of go, yeah. Um, so presumably you write down the meal you fancy that yeah. day for Dindins, and you just say, <laughs> "I'd like." I hear the circus is in town. Yeah. Could you get some of the clowns to come in <laughs> yeah. and pour water down each other's trousers for me for a for an hour, and then send them off? And it's good for them because they can kind of watch yeah. in their weird little Big Brother style mm. kind of experiment. Oh, it, it, you know David Blaine? It, that is basically the search. It, it, do you know what that's? It's David Blaine, but a lot more honest in the reasons for doing it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that David Blaine wouldn't have his vocal cords severed. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm saying he'd have them reversibly severed. Yes. And what you've reminded me now is, or what I've reminded myself of is, that I promised my friend a David Blaine party that I was going to make happen and have not. Oh. So, whoops. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah. instead... Just show her this film. Bet them half a million dollars <laughs> that they can't shut up for a year. No, I think they'd have my vocal cards instead. Uh, uh. I did. I did a sponsored silence at school. Because, really? Yeah, because I. I, I, I mean, I've been. I am known <laughs> to be <laughs> constantly speaking at all times that I'm awake. Yeah, <laughs> because obviously you don't know about the the, end. the vocal cords. Yeah. He seems to be doing quite well, and he's actually holding up quite yeah. well because he's even nine months in, mm, like mentally, he's pretty resilient. Yeah, yeah, especially for a man adjusting to the mm. fact that he can never talk again. Yeah, or apparently leave a room. Yeah, which um, yeah, that's yeah, is, that's, mm. Mm, yeah, because it's not even like. Yeah, because he is just imprisoned there. Yeah, yeah. And he even said to me, oh, take me to my incarceration mm. or whatever. Yeah, and it's strange because that wasn't... St it, it was like, you're going to be in this room with microphones. Yeah. And I thought that was so that when he's alone, yeah. there'd be a recording of him going, can't believe I'm getting away with this. Why can't he go upstairs and have a drink yeah, with, with his pals and just not say it? And yeah, and just uh, just write stuff down or listen to stories or you know. His presence wasn't the, the problem, it was the fact that he just like talked. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, he knows that, so that's mm. why he the day before <laughs> that's that that's another thing. It's yeah. sort of a little bit is like, right, we'll be here by ten o'clock tomorrow night yeah, yeah. and we'll start it then. He's like, mm. Okay. Yeah. So he goes off in the mm. morning, gets himself, gets his vocal, gets his yeah, vocal which nerves. 
severed just goes on on down the alley yeah and then just carry on yeah and it like i'm sorry but i can't even get a doctor's appointment (laughs) because like Uh, um, but different economy and stuff they don't have a national health social problems uh, so we can go private but he has no money no he's got money just not enough to invest in uh anything other than vocal severing yeah right um, and i imagine that's one of those um you know they barely put you under for those mm, i imagine they're like true. um they're like what do they call them lunch break mm. uh, re- uh surgeries it was quite a neat job though to be fair the scar looked amazing mm. given that no one checked up on it afterwards <laughs> he had to take his own stitches out presumably well you'd have thought no, I suppose, no, you wouldn't in a gentleman's club. You wouldn't want to do like a physical and stuff beforehand, even though you should if you're going to put someone in incarceration effectively for like a year. Yeah, so any of our listeners who are going to keep someone incarcerated for a year, tuck them doctors first. Yeah, you know. At which least means you won't be able to put them in for mm. another month because obviously doctor's appointment. And also, was he getting vitamin D supplements? Was like, how was that controlled he seemed to have a pretty good diet because yeah, you true, even pointed yeah. out how buffy looked at one point but it, right he did and i was like i live somewhere and i've got a window and i'm feeling rough <laughs> and not eating as well as that guy in a weird place no but but he, you know you are right but you have to concern yourself with the purchasing and the consumption of your own food yeah true he has people bringing him stuff so, already made so yeah that is a good factor to consider so don't don't be too hard on yourself you're not living the peculiarly Walker. silent life of luxury that he is yeah true um, <laughs> yeah it's just it it is odd like how and the time seems to just fly mm. like i don't know what it is about old films and tv shows and stuff but the concepts of time is, is fantastic yeah like, they don't care at all no well like um august well, yeah. september yeah just comes up on the screen so it's yeah. happened but it's a little bit like in um the um, rip the van fugitive. winkle oh caper. right yeah sorry yeah uh but yeah and the rip van winkle no. caper where um that's a century. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> Which is one where some, some bank robbers steal the gold, steal the gold from yeah. a place, and then they get into some boxes in a cave. And, and they're they glass re- boxes again. Yeah, they're glass boxes. Obsessed And they release some gas into it, and they preserve their own bodies and selves right. for a hundred years. And that's and then they get out and that's the that's the start of the story proper, I suppose. But I mean, he's missed a trick here, mm. is that impressive? Because like cryogenic freezing and stuff mm. of people's bodies, it was at least like eighty grand for a whole body. Like this was about ten, fifteen years ago or so. Mm. And about forty odd grand, maybe fifty grand for a head. Um and you could have like your little cylinders and people would go and hug them and give presents and stuff like that. So he could have used his lucrative technology to Put people in stasis mm. and he could have got money that way but he didn't no nope. and they did i'm sorry they didn't even consider like the fact that anything would be touched at any point um mm. they left cars out with all this gold and and no one even stepped close no it in was a hundred years yeah it was just a cape they said oh well the nearest town is 28 miles away which like, well in over a hundred years yeah. the nearest town would have spread mm. till it was in the town yeah <laughs> so she's like it's 
pretty sure. I, I think uh, I think a lot of these are not set up necessarily yeah. to predict. It's not speculative fiction. No. It is it is there to tell a story, yeah. and that's fine. And the people yeah. and the humanity of it all, and and whatever. Yeah. But it's just funny to. Oh no no no! Oh, oh <laughs> absolutely, it is. Yes, absolutely. Because and, gold. And, and like with uh, and like with um, this one yeah. with um, with the silence. The silence. <laughs> Because there's a bit where the colonel is uh, just watching him, but yeah. he's like hiding behind a beam, <laughs> yeah. and like so half of his face is lit and yeah. the other half is in darkness, mm. and he's just look. He, he's staring like Norman Bates does through the hole mm. uh, behind the picture frame. Yeah, just before he stabs the poor lady, mm. and <laughs> so like- he's got this sort of just he's just glaring at him, or um, the. It's almost the look on the face of the writer mm. when Alex comes back in Clockwork Orange. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You know when when he's there and he's got that and he's just got that crazed look on his mm-hmm. face where he's trying hard. He's like, "Have some wine," <laughs> <laughs> and he's just absolutely. He's just got this. Yeah. Oh. And, he wants and he's to got, be he's proven got this right. So hatred much. written all over mm. his face. It's in. It's it's really difficult to watch, and it's a, it's so weird because like you you almost think he hates this guy more now he's just not saying it because yeah, well, I, not only is this guy broke but he's also wrong yeah and people are going well we assume people poor show are, fella yeah people are saying things like yeah. or we we're assuming they are saying things like. That young Tennyson fellow's doing awfully well, isn't mm. he? He's doing much better than we thought he was going to be. Oh, just you wait. I know his type. Mm-hmm. He'll uh, he'll be singing like a canary come next week. Yep. Well, what's brilliant is he goes, um, he goes, he's been in there for nine months. Uh, he won't last another month. Yep. Like, really? Like nine months? <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, so he's so he's there desperately. He's like, I reckon I can scrape together yeah. a grand. I'll yeah. try and give him a grand. And and the guy's just like, No. No. It's fine. Five thousand six. I mean the hourly rate on that alone is just Oh, it's pathetic. Mm. Um, <laughs> even adjusting for inflation. Yeah. It's pretty, like, pretty poor. It's it's not great. Um but yeah, whereas the uh, yeah five hundred half a million, mm-hmm. you know, people do a lot of work for half a million, mm, and he yeah. was watching telly and reading, and apparently doing sit ups by the yeah. uh, by the look of his uh, of dat bod. Mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it I think it's a great episode. It's brilliant because, <laughs> like all of the best ones. Mm. The twist happens. Oh, I have the beholder as well. Oh yeah, twists, absolutely, fantastic. Um, where you know something is up. You mm-hmm. know it by virtue of it being a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. But also, there's something because everyone is so surprised mm-hmm. at Tennyson. There's bound to be yeah. A th- there's a way that he's doing it, and it's like you know, is he? you know is it magic is it mm-hmm. does he is it a curse or a spell or something is it you know is he a hologram or is it you know all of these is, is he, he a, a robot, robot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah is he, is he a robot you know who uh, who knows yeah and then you find out something even more horrifying is that no he's just a man who made a massive massive decision yep that will never pay off no nope, not even financially nope 
Um, unless he you know writes a book about his time in the box and yeah. what Davy was um, <laughs> but then there's like and one day the colonel came and antagonized me for five hours straight yeah and so, I could say nothing yeah so I went off yeah it was just just awful but yeah so it, it is up there with either beholder and mm. time enough at last yeah for um, and the uh, five characters in search of an exit mm. of of the reveal being seconds away from the uh, from the narration and yeah. the end, yeah, and it's brilliantly effective because because it's silent as well. That's yeah. the great thing. It's done with total silence. There's no great mm. speech. There ain't no speechifying. No, but mm. are there having that? Oh, oh no, that just that is just as wild as an episode that nearly made me cry. Um, the guy I think knocks over a kid, and then he's um sentenced to like to death and like mm. has to go and he's, he's basically gonna get home. And then um this guy's like, I will buy your freedom. Like, here's the son's money, and and kind of gives it. And then it, it, at one point it's just like heartbreaking. He's gonna die, but then it was all right because the rope he was given was terrible. And then they go, No, we're not gonna hand him now. It's fine. Mm. Um, yeah. That was a little bit heartbreaking, but because yes. um, that genuine, I was feeling like really suspenseful about that one. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the thing. This one isn't edge of your seat suspense, no. but you're but you're constantly wondering what's the game here. Yeah, what's the you know what, what's going on? But it, it's the reveal is so harsh mm. and. And it's a bit like all of those. Sometimes when you see a horror film that you didn't think was very scary, yeah, but it stays with you, mm. and you can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, it was like when I first watched Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, mm. but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, it. And the more I thought about it, the more I just loved it and thought, "This is that is such a." brilliant thing that I, I enjoyed mm. that so much and it and it like it 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 rose like dough yeah. in my, in my <laughs> mind it sort of it just sort of took up all of my thoughts I was people were going what are you doing I go, oh just, <laughs> just just it was like you know you've poured a lot of water into that coffee cup it's overflowing <laughs> oh sorry yeah I'm just thinking about well, what you can't, <laughs> you can't see right now is um and he's actually just down out cried in cone heads yeah <laughs> That's what's that is correct. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you. But it's uh, yeah. So it, and it, and it had that effect on me this episode. Mm. I would definitely recommend it. Do you have a favourite? Um, that's a good question. Bit. Um, it's 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 difficult because it's like it's such a kind of a long piece in terms of, but um, I think I liked. I liked just how. <laughs> Every time the colonel came and like did his little kind of half vision, um, just how like nonchalant um, Tennyson was, and he was just like, "I'm doing well. Don't worry about me, kid. Yeah. I'm all right." Um, and I really dug that because I, I love an underdog in any kind of challenge. Yes, and um, and, <laughs> and he was sort of, and he had this just sort of jovial, mm. "Hey, hey, how's it going?" This sort of like little wink thing going on, yep. and. And it's like there's something going on here because mm. he went from chatty Cathy all the yeah. way to silence. Because and, yeah, the other thing you could have gone is oh maybe he's gone to like a hypnotist or something or like a, which oh yeah yeah I hadn't even considered that that's 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 a good idea. Um, 
Yeah, it's a funny one. Mm. Um, and obviously the reveal was excellent. And just any of Rod Serling in that, the, the casino of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> yes, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rather stretched. Yes. Um, I, lo- I, I love the narrations and mm. the introductions and the, and the outros on Twilight Zones because he does his very best to bend things around mm. to be able to say, the Twilight Zone, yeah. which is great, and I and I love that, and yeah, and it's always great seeing that. But this this being a Rod Serling mm-hmm. joint, we should point out it was partially based on the Anton Chekhov short story, The Bet. I'm glad you remember that. Yep. Yep. Just going to point that out because uh, <laughs> I mean, because pe- otherwise people would have gone that that's really early in the Wikipedia yeah. entry, yeah, and you've yeah. been leaning heavily on that. Yeah. Had you not noticed, which was uh, which was about a bet between. Uh, two men about whether the death penalty or life in prison which one was worse yeah and mm. and, and and having had a look at a quick pricey of that it seems like no. it was there, there was inspiration there but yeah. it's not heavily based on it mm-hmm. so um i suppose you could say the same with like um house of wax Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're slightly more in common in that it's about two men who make a bet. Yeah. Whereas uh, the the twenty uh, first century House of Wax mm. was was not about anything. No, I'm just thinking of like Hitchcock's rope as well. Um, mm. Oh god, that was good. Mm. Um, even if he is a uh, yeah, well, um, yeah. Hitchcock was uh, was a jerk. Yes, I'm. Um, but yeah, like in terms of best bits, aside from the iteration, what kind of held it for you, Eddie? Oh well, I think it was um, there was a sort of an increasingly swivel-eyed desperation yeah. uh, from Colonel Taylor because it starts off and he's sort of barely even moving mm. his lips and he's going, "Look at him, <laughs> look at him," and there's like, and Alfred's like, "What?" Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's a man in a box. Just, he's just. <laughs> just chattering away like an idiot yep look at him mm-hmm. begging for money he's like oh he's, he's not he's, he's yeah all everyone right. else he's is like, all right with it yeah he's like he's not the worst guy yeah. all the others are like oh here he is come on mm-hmm. tell us what you're gonna do what mm-hmm. what do you need my money for yep they're sort of humoring him and see him as sort of like a yeah. fairly decent man yeah i think the uh actually i really like the guy's silent performance yes he was grand um, in that really re- well given that yeah, yeah. 80 percent of it is uh, he gets like one hefty speech mm. at the beginning and the rest of it's totally silent well he does well considering um when he's like antagonizing about his his wife yes and then that's, he composed himself in such a manner that that's an amazing little yeah. bit of performance that it's any aspiring actors out there have a look and see what you can do with silence yeah because this guy is so good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good at it. Um, yep. As as usual with these things, people cast really brilliantly. Mm. Um, it, it's all made, you know, everything is done very meticulously and it, and it works yeah. out very, very nicely. So, yeah, it's uh, there's that. And, and also the, in the, the final reveal when he, the, the, when he starts crying. Yeah. Um, and... And the fact that it's such a sort of pencil line thin scar mm-hmm. on the neck makes it worse. Yeah. If it was like a big Frankenstein box yeah. job, then, <laughs> then it would have been. Uh, then it would have been, um, you know, mm. sort of comical. But the fact that it was sort of really meticulous, neat little mm. scar it was horrible. Yeah. So we watched um, I Frankenstein yesterday. Oh yeah. So you don't have to. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but. Do you know what? <laughs> Very stupid. Yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, Bill Nye's in it. Bill Nye, uh, Bill Nye kills a man for presumption. Yep. <laughs> which is uh, which is one of the funniest overreactions I've ever seen. And I mean, um, you think Darth Vader's got it on his bloody arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very Vadery, actually. Yeah, mm. you're right. Um, but yeah, so that's why um, Frankensteinian yep. scarring is on my mind, mm-hmm. uh, and on Aaron Heckhart's two um, mm. hundred year. Um, 200 year long fitness regime body yeah goodness me like if Frankenstein's monster was looking that ripped he wouldn't have had any problems that's my favorite don't look at me i'm a hideous monster Uh, not really you're a ripped bloke with a couple of little marks on you it's really not it's like (laughs) the game far from hideous unless it's like the game um fable or whatever or like fable 2 where like every time you get a scar like everyone in the village just looks on you with disgust they're like oh you've put on a pound Mm. and it's like shut up i've saved your village time and time again yeah i'm just saying homeboy doesn't look like the hound in game of thrones or anything it's not yeah no he's a he's a pretty man yeah he'd be fine um so yeah so uh, yes that that so yeah no i I don't recommend i frankenstein unless you find it on blu-ray for two pounds in the pound shop like i did (laughs) in which case yeah, go on. Knock yourself out. Treat it's yourself. A, a treat for the yeah. eyes. Yeah. Although, what can be recommended is My Mother the Car. Yes, In My Mother way. the Car. We might even do a full thing on My Mother the Car. Might even sing it. We might We might do... Uh, what are we on about? We will. Yeah, no doubt. We, <laughs> might, we might do that for a uh, 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 genre again. Yeah. Do a sitcom. That brings us to, I mean, are we going to recommend The Twilight Zone? Of course yeah. we are. <laughs> That's literally all we've been doing for the whole time we've been doing this podcast because uh, all we want is for people to watch The Twilight Zone yeah. so we can talk to more people and them not yeah. to think us weird. Because it's brilliant. It's like, it, ah, yeah. it's like talking about it so much at work and everyone's like, mm. cool. Yeah. Oh, I've. I've <laughs> I've, I mean, I've I've had whole tables to myself on the train before as a result of the Twilight yeah. Zone. But um, if Unless you're not, in the Twilight Zone. But yeah, so many good things, and it will mm-hmm. make a lot of Simpsons, um, uh, Treehouse of Horrors mm-hmm. uh, episodes suddenly make a lot of sense. Yeah. But mm-hmm. do watch the Twilight Zone. Pick mm-hmm. up any copy of it that you see. Yep. Um, well worth it. Oh, absolutely, so good, and uh, yeah, so you can. If you wish to let us know your feelings on the Twilight Zone or any of the things that we mm. talk about, groovingmovies at gmail.com. That's grooving without the G on the end of it. Uh, grooving movies. You can go to groovingmovies.com and you can find all of the stuff there. You can get in touch with us through there. Mm-hmm. You can go to our coffee account, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash groovingmovies and you can donate to us there because we're still saving up our pennies for the Torchy Blaine series mm. which, and if we get that, that will be a separate series alongside all of these ones so there'll be bonus episodes there <laughs> yeah, because we cannot wait because yep. uh, Torchy, Torchy, Torchy we hold a torch for Torchy we do, mm. Glenda Glenda Farrell. Uh, yeah, <sighs> she's wonderful. Check out all of mm-hmm. her stuff as well. And I don't know how your sex life is. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, thank you ever so much. We're on uh, Grooving Movies at, uh, at Grooving Movies, Insta and Twitter and all of that stuff. So, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Emma. 
It's all right. Thanks for having me, Andy. Oh, always. And so we will see you again soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Groovin Movies featured Tom King, Eddie French, and Emma Tidswell, and is part of the Discount Comedy Checkout Network. For more information, go to www.comedycheckout.com. Thanks for listening.